Hello and welcome to Weebspawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Satisfactory. And there's really no spoilers unless you're going in blind and want to learn like what machines are in like the later tiers. But other than that, there's no spoilers because there's no real story. Yeah. Um, so Satisfactory is a factory simulation game. And it was created by a Swedish video game developer uh, called Coffee Stain Studios. Satisfactory was made for early release in March, uh, on March 19th of 2019 on the Epic's Game Store. And June 8th, 2022 on Steam. And this game is uh, cross-platform compatible on multiplayer, so that is nice. I love when games that don't require a lot of skill, so to say, do cross-platform. So there's not like games that don't give an unfair advantage to those who um, play it. Well, I guess is this considered cross-platform? Because um, it's still on PC. It's just cross distributors. <laughs> Because Epic Games and Steam are both on PC. I don't know. Either way, you can play uh, from Play Play Store or Steam to Epic Games. Either way. So the factory building aspect of the game has been yeah, described. Yeah, it's just between Steam and Epic. Yeah. So not, I guess not, I guess the platform could be considered Steam and Epic Games. Because when I hear platform, I kind of assume like system. But I guess it's interchangeable here. But anyway, not that it even matters, I'm just nitpicking. The factory building aspect of the game has been described as a first-person uh, 3D version of Factorio, which I have not played Factorio, but I have a lot of friends who have, and they absolutely love it, because it's just like one of those little strategy games that are super addicting. Unlike most sandbox games like Factorio, though, the satisfactory world is pre-generated, and every player's map is identical. The game is set on an alien planet named uh, Massage 2AB. Uh, it's. Is that right? Massage 2AB? B? Uh, honestly, I don't know. It, Maybe it there's multiple. It looks more planets. like it's just. Yeah, I was going to say, it massage... looks more like it's a scientific name thing. Yeah, maybe it's like Massage 2A and Massage 2B. But um, the. the area that is playable within the world is about 30 square kilometers in size so it's a decent sized map but when we did play i noticed we did make it to the what seemed to be the edge of the map at one point so it's not too difficult to get there if you're really trying yeah it's big enough to where you have plenty of space to build pretty much whatever you want but not too big that it will take you 10 years to get from one end to the other. If you still want to get from one end to the other, just purely running without anything, it will still probably take you like 15 minutes, maybe. That sounds about right. So yeah, like it would still take you some time, but not like it won't take you like an hour. Yeah. Nothing ridiculous. It's not Minecraft where it will take you years, (laughs) days. Yeah. Also, Minecraft is endless. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, I guess not. Well, I think some people have, quote unquote found the end. But anyways. Yeah, it's called the Farlands. It's when the game still produces visual visuals for the the land, but then it doesn't actually produce the physics for the land, so you fall through. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So back with Satisfactory, you the player take the role of an engineer who has been sent to the planet with orders to colonize it by building a factory complex for Fix-It. The player has a choice of four starting locations, the Grassland, the Rocky Desert, the Dune Desert, or the Northern Forest. This choice affects the resources the player has access to in the early game and the amount of flat land available for easy building. However, the player can move to any other part of the map at any time. After landing, The player must salvage the landing pod for parts which will construct the hub. 
the main location for which most of the other constructions will be extended from. Which is where exactly what it is named the hub where you'll always come back to unlock the later on what what's it called? Stages? Um Wait, no, I I'm completely phase? blanking. Are they phases? Are they phases? Is that what they're called? Oh my gosh. It might be. I don't remember. Oops, I just typed Factorio onto my Google. <laughs> but as far as today, is there, I think there's Phase. seven. Yeah, phases. They're phases. Yeah, I think there's seven phases in total. Oh, sorry, tiers. Tiers. That's it. I knew. There's like tiers. with doesn't sound right. Um, phase one is. So there are t- phases and tiers. Phase one. When you complete it, unlocks tier three and four. Phase two unlocks tier five and six. Oh, that's but for mostly the space it's referred. Elevator. Yeah, it's most mostly referred to as tiers, though. Yeah, tiers for the hub, and I think phases for the space elevator. Because the space elevator helps you unlock the other tiers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with each tier, you go up, you get better equipment, like faster conveyor belts. So like the one. You first start out, can only transport 60 materials per minute. And I think the fifth one can transfer 1,080. The Mark Belt 5, I think, can do 1,080. Or it might even go up to 1,240. But I know 1,080 is either 4 or 5. It gets really high up there. (laughs) So... You can yeah. tell the difference between yeah. 60 items to 1,080. Let's see. So I'm looking at it right now. It goes from 60, then it goes 120, 270, 480, and then 780. There's no 1,000? At, at Mark 5. Um, that's probably with overclock. Can you overclock? You no. can't overclock. Yeah. The... No, it I says thought 780 was a... is the highest. Huh. For some reason, I thought 1,080 was the highest. That would make sense if they... Stuck with like, well, I guess there isn't a theme here. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they choose their theme. It, I'm sure it's based on. Like it, it almost started making things. sense. It was sixty, then one twenty, then you think and it's gonna go to two forty. It goes to two seventy. But then it goes to four eighty. So that made no sense with that. <laughs> I have a feeling it has to deal. They probably looked at the numbers Resources. of like. Yeah, and I guarantee you there's some way that those are, like, the perfect numbers or they did it so you have just enough, like, spare room to where, yeah. like, something might be, like, 250. So if they kept it at 240, it wouldn't have worked. So that's why they did 270. I'm I sure there's something because Most the, it's, a, it's very mathematical. They did a good job at <laughs> Yeah, these people know how to math. <laughs> Also, just quick sidebar back to the 30 square kilometers of this map. I looked it up just to see what type of map I could give you guys a reference to. Um, So, Skyrim is just a little bit bigger than this map. Skyrim is clocking in at 38 square kilometers. So, if you want to think of map size, think of Skyrim. Although your travel speed is much faster in this game than it is in Skyrim, so the map feels a little smaller because you're traveling faster. Not to mention, it's also a lot of, like, flatlands. Like, yeah, there are some mountains, but unlike Skyrim where you will get stuck on a mountain or, like, you have to go all the way around yeah, and if all you this actually, stuff, so. <laughs> If you actually pay attention to Skyrim and how long it takes to travel... From point A to point B, it's actually not that long. It's just there's a lot of stuff in between point A and point B that distract you. So it's really easy to make a short distance take a long time because of the random events and just interacting with dungeons and everything like that. As well as, like you said, mountains. Because they throw a fucking mountain in the middle of A and B, you're going to have to go around that shit. So it definitely make they make a large world feel even larger. Not to mention you might end up in Black Reach multiple oh, times. Don't. <laughs> yeah. We we could do another Skyrim episode if you want. <laughs> the whole meme. Oh, look at this cave. I wonder where the Black Reach. Yep. 
oh, look at that. This Did, is a bandit hideout. I wonder where this goes. Blackreach. Not to take this. Not to take the subject away from Satisfactory. Have you ever fought the dragon that lives in Blackreach? I have not. Apparently, there's an Easter egg, and if you use Fusroda on the light source that's in the middle of Blackreach, there is an Easter egg dragon that will come out of it, and you can fight it. I think it's like a blood dragon or an elder dragon or something along those lines. It's super strong, I guess, or one of the strongest versions of dragons you can fight in the game. I've never done it. I can't confirm it's true, but I've seen enough clips to where it seems true. But also, there's a lot of clips out there saying you can get Mew in Pokemon Red by <laughs> doing some <laughs> using strength on a truck or some shit. So there's a lot of false information out there. So you got to be careful. But uh, going back to yeah sidebar, <laughs> undo that sidebar. So, what got me into uh, Satisfactory is, or, because a lot of people, you might be thinking, it's just a factory building game, because that's literally it. There's very little combat. There are some inhabitant animals, creatures, and spiders that you have to fight, but don't worry well, if you don't like they, spiders. <laughs> yeah, okay, go for it. I was literally about to say. If you don't like spiders, they turn into PNG cats if you don't want to, which arguably can be a lot more creepy in certain aspects when you just turn around and you see a cat running at you in a very spider-like faction. So... And those spiders are crazy fucking fast. They are, and I've played it without it, and they are so creepy. Mm-hmm. Like I rather just, I rather just see the PNG cats. <laughs> <laughs> it's very out of place, but there was one time I was exploring a forest, and I saw a cat, and I'm like, oh my god, if I just saw that, if I didn't have this on, I would have flipped out because I'm, because normally you can only find the spiders in caves, and I. We were playing the northern forest, and I was in a, a spot where it was, like, up top, like, kind of, like, on a mountain, but there was, obviously, a lot of trees, because the whole point of this thing is called the northern forest. And next thing I know, I just see a cat PNG circling me, and I'm like, oh, no. If I didn't have that on, and I had the spider, I would have flipped out, because it yeah, just came out of nowhere. That would have been terrifying. <laughs> but... Yeah, honestly, I didn't know how fun building a factory could be, but I got my interest from a YouTuber named Let's Game It Out. And he pretty much likes to break games. He plays games the way they're not intended to do, but still tries to make it work like it's supposed to. And so... He like he would played this game and he has like multiple videos on it and he just seemed like he had a lot of fun and I bought it when it was on sale because I wasn't sure if it would suit me altogether because I did like city builder games but I knew this was going to be different since there's no real end goal in this game and like even Minecraft they had the Elder Dragon so you could say there's an end goal or like you can always make your own goal like oh speed running to beat the ender dragon get to the end and get the elytra and technically you pretty much beat the game all that's left is to just explore or like even with the new updates it's like okay you can go and explore the new nether now but there's still like an ending satisfactory doesn't have that even when you get to the final tier and unlock everything well, I don't know if they give you a message because I actually haven't made it to the final tier yet. But as far as I know from other people playing, there's literally no end. You just keep playing. You only end when you decide to. You always end up playing it again, getting smarter, learning more about the game, and learning how to be more efficient and try to build newer, better factories. And that's it. There's... You literally just build a factory in an open world sandbox that's pre-generated the same over and over. And 
it's weird saying it like this, and you may, like, what's so fun about it? But it's honestly a really fun game. They just stuck to the core of what they wanted their game to do, and they polished it so well that even if it's the same map, when you replay it, you get faster at leveling up, and then you learn how to get better and because of that you keep coming back because you keep wanting to improve your factory and try to make it as efficient as possible and that's it that's all there is yeah i suppose it does sound weird when you put it that way but i also think that saying that it's an endless game that you build factories and stuff that's very appealing to a very niche group of people and i feel like that it's not necessarily unappealing to a lot so like even if i wasn't even if i didn't know about satisfactory the idea of an endless game does have its in like does pique my interest in a way um normally i probably would say yeah it sounds fun but i would never buy it of course somehow you managed to convince me to buy it. i think there was a steam sale so i did and normally I'm I'm against just kind of endless games that have a very select amount of things you can do. Because I would say this game is very limited in its focus. Unlike Minecraft where there's literally an endless amount of possibilities. This one you do the same thing over and over again. So I wouldn't normally buy it. But they do it, in, they do it so well that it's so appealing because... It's difficult, but not hard enough to be unachievable. So you want to just keep getting those next tier, and you keep leveling up and get getting better and better stuff and getting more efficient. It's very addicting because you just want to do it better. It's almost like those games you can get on your phone that are like, uh, what are they called? Like tapping games, where you just constantly tap and you get more money or whatever and then you can upgrade and then you make more money when you tap it's like that but on steroids because you're not tapping obviously you're just collecting resources running back and forth to different parts of your base it's so primitive yet so complex on the surface level to us playing it there is some complexities but overall it's not that um it's not that complex, but when you actually dig into it and the amount of effort it takes to start doing the crazy stuff in later tiers, then you realize, oh shit, this is way more complex than I thought. And then you realize, oh shit, I've just spent 14 hours playing this game when I said I'll only get on for an hour or two. So it is one of those games <laughs> where it doesn't seem like it's that appealing, but once you get into it, it just enthralls you. And that's what you did to me. You poisoned me. <laughs> And then also you have the flip side where you play 14 hours to get something done and the next thing you know you unlock the next tier and realize, oh, this 14 hours now could have been done in two hours. <laughs> and then you're just yeah. like, oh. Yep. So we kind of went a little into it of uh, why or what keeps us playing. And the very basic thing is the wanting to improve. Because, like we've already mentioned, the efficiency of always wanting. But it's more so, like, once you unlock things, it's like, yes, now you have faster belts, faster things to improve. But I think the reason why you can rebuild over again with newer stuff is the main reason that I absolutely... Well, not the main reason, but one of the best reasons this game has made is the when you deconstruct your equipment you gain every amount of resource you use back there's no half it's no oh you only get one log even though you use fucking 50 logs to make this log cabin <laughs> <laughs> fuck the forest when it does that oh yeah <laughs> here you get every material back and not only that if you just want to improve your current factory, you can just upgrade your conveyor belt right then and there, as long as you have the materials. You can look at your conveyor belt that you made, that's conveyor belt mark two. 
you could just click on it, go conveyor belt mark three, and if you had the resources for however long it is, boom, it auto changes and it doesn't even stop your production line. It keeps all the resources moving and then obviously since it's a faster belt, it will move them faster once it's completed. But it doesn't stop your production line at all. So that's what I mean when they knew the core of what they wanted and they polished it to near perfection. So if they didn't have that, it would have been so tedious to like rebuild something when you got the better stuff later on. Mm-hmm. But because of this... It makes it so easy to improve. Or even if you just want to like temporarily build something. Like in our current world, we're focusing on our iron factory. But there was crystals right near our base. So I said, fuck it. I while he, he was like while he was finishing up this one floor, I finished up my floor. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. We, I want to get some coupons because there's coupons in this game that you can use to buy cosmetics, but even more building or different building material so it looks different, like concrete or asphalt or this different metallic flooring. But in order to get those, you need to put in raw materials or complex materials, whatever, into what's known as an awesome sink so you can use it at the awesome shop. So I just built a temporary crystal mining thing and just sent it to the awesome shops or sync so we can get coupons. And it's not perfect. It's not by any means completely efficient, but it's just there because we weren't going to get to crystals anytime soon or have an idea of what we want for a crystal base, but we can at least temporarily build it. So we're mining it, have some for future use and get used of it now, and then when we want to, tear everything up, have all that resource we did, and build a factory. Yep. <clears throat> that sums it up pretty well. I I just absolutely love... My favorite aspect, I think, of it, of this game, is the fact that two people can be doing two separate things, and they can both be very productive on what they're doing, and you don't feel like you missed out on a lot because as long as you're like discording or something, you guys are communicating about what you're doing and then there's a lot of running back and forth and you're able to kind of see each other's progress. But what you're doing is so fulfilling in that moment that whatever they're doing, you know that they're struggling with the same exact thing. So it almost feels like you're this camaraderie where you guys are working on creating this empire and it's such a fun feeling. But then also... This may sound super nerdy and very unappealing to a lot of people, but I love the math involved in it. <laughs> I don't really like playing games that make me have to do like complex thinking. Like maybe if it's philosophical or something, it's cool, it's fine. Or if it's political in a way, like Skyrim, you have to do things and you're like, how will this affect the politics of the game? Like Stormcloaks or uh, Imperials, things like that. But when it's literal critical thinking it's a very weird thing to add in a game but it works and i love building something and like okay if i want to build enough smelters for this raw iron ore how am i going to need how many am i going to need and then how much iron ingot are going to come out of this so then if i want to build this as my end goal what do i need in between to process all this material in the most efficient way possible and that is extremely fun and then there's this philosophy in the online uh, satisfactory community where when you're creating your conveyor belts what is the most efficient way of doing it you either have the optimizers or the maximizers which they have two different ways of setting up their conveyor belts both are basically the same one looks prettier, prettier than the other, but one is much more satisfying watching everything split into perfect stacks and then combining a certain aspects and going into their conveyor belts and into the processors. And There's just so many different ways you can play the game that it is a different playthrough every single time if you want to try to strike something new. And that's what's so fun about it. 
know they're what you're i know manifold is the one the manifold mm-hmm, line is where where everything just piles down the conveyor yeah. belt and stacks up and eventually when it stacks up once you give it some time to really yeah. gather materials then it's running at its most optimal capacity and then there's like the perfect the, balance i forget what yeah. it's called and i think that one is the the people the efficiency versus maximizing or something i don't they have a i might be getting the names wrong but basically the efficient one is getting your perfect production immediately you don't have to wait for it to stack because everything splits exactly how it should right away and there are pros and cons because manifolds are so easy to produce because you just straight line a couple splitters a couple uh, mergers and you're good to go whereas the splitting method is a lot more tedious you have a lot more multi-dimensioned factory shit going on it's a lot more in depth but it's pretty neat but it's hard (laughs) (laughs) yeah like when you look at it from above it is kind of nice when you see everything like when you do the perfect balance and everything is being used perfectly so there's never a shortage there's never more it's always being used exactly when it needs to be and then manifold yet the weight it's i think it's usually what like 10 15 ish minutes for it yeah, to be and... optimal capacity but that saves yeah. you space and that's more for if you are going to be building like a 20 story factory it's going to mm-hmm. be a lot easier just to do a manifold especially because manifolds are easily adjusted yes. as well and I remember when you showed me the manifold method, I was blown away because I'm doing all this intricate math and figuring it out and like splitting things and remerging things. And you're just like, what? Why don't we do a manifold? I'm like, well, how is that efficient? That's not going to work. And then I started doing the math behind it and I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay, delete everything. Let's start over. Yeah, the only thing with manifold is you just have to make sure what you're putting in doesn't or what you're making doesn't exceed what you're putting in so even if like so let's say to give you guys an example a mark one miner gives a 120 iron ore and a smelter can take 30 iron ore and make 30 ingots per minute just like the iron ore can give 30 iron ore whatever so if you have one mark or uh, mark one miner, you can have four smelters because 30, 60, 90, 120. We all know how to do simple math. I don't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we forget too because we're like, oh, wait, and then we missed the calculation and oh, it sucks. <laughs> but we, we just forgot to add one 30, 30 piece screw set over here and we're like, oh my God, we just fucked everything up. Oh, uh, yeah. But going off of that, if you use the manifold, when you do splitters, when you first take it, so it's taking 120, and let's say it gets to the first splitter, it will split it off to 60 and 60, so that when it goes off to the other splitter, not only 60 is coming through, so now only 30 will come through to the other one. And now since we move on to the third splitter, now only 15 is getting to that one because you split it in half again, and then when we get to the final one, only 7 is getting in so as you can see the first one is getting 60 iron ore per minute and the last one is only getting 70 or 7 per minute obviously they're not going to work but the thing is because that one is getting so much it can only hold 100 iron ore at a time so eventually that's going to get backed up and when it gets backed up the game knows when it when the iron ore is going through the splitter, it's like, oh, it's backed up, so we're going to keep going forward. And that's how that backs up. So then the second one will get enough to that backs up to the third one, and that's why the manifold line takes so long until it's at optimal capacity because once they're all backed up and once they're all at 100, they will never not be full, I guess. They will, they will always... or at least enough to where they will always be in production and the conveyor belt will never stop because you're technically giving this line two or 120 materials and this has 120. 
So even if you do this manifold line, you can't add another smelter and think, oh, well, it's going to back up. Well, yes, but at the same time, your last one or even your second to last one too, because of how it's situated, may not always be running all the time. So it's not as efficient as just holding those four. So you can't exceed what you're putting out because eventually it will get to the point where it's taking too much and you won't be able to keep up with it. So you, yeah. even if you use the manifold line, you still have to know, oh, I need 120 materials. I'm pushing 140, I'm good. Or if I'm pushing 100, uh, you're going to run out. So you just got to be careful yeah. with that. There's still math involved. You can't get out of it. Yeah, so um, one thing, since you introduced me to this game, I'm wondering, since you're more invested in it than I have been, because uh, how long, wait, how long have you been playing it before I started playing it with you? Um, Out of curiosity. I think if we're just talking about game time, I want to say I had 30 to 40 hours before you. Okay. So kind of only, thought. I was about to say, only like a week or so because, like of real time, because I saw it, it was on sale, I bought it, the sale ended, and then I think it, a week passed, and then it went back on sale the next week, because sometimes, for some reason, yeah. Steam does that. They have a big sale, it's like, oh, you didn't get it, and then they less a week to see, like, if people are like, oh, you should have bought this, oh, I bought this on sale, you should get it. And then they buy it for full price, and then they're like, ha next week it's on sale. Yeah, I think that has to do with the company, because I don't think Steam itself determines when a sale happens for a game. I think the company decides, but it just happens that Steam, Steam promotes certain area or times of the year when a bunch of sales happen, because Steam does get a lot of profit from the other people. So I think Steam's like, hey, we're doing a sale. This would be a good time for you to also go on sale. And then say the sale's over, they might drop their price. But then they're like, you know what? We didn't get the numbers we wanted. Let's throw it on sale again. Like, I don't get when a company decides to do that, but I think it's up to the game developers. They could just be assholes sometimes and be like, fuck you. Yeah, I could see that because a lot of times, like, Steam sale that goes on is usually developer sale. And, like, all their games from said developer, they're like, oh, it could be up to like 70% off but literally mm -hmm. the only games that are 70% off are like the 10 year old games that are yeah and they're like seven cents yeah it's like oh it was ten dollars now it's three dollars but the game you were probably wondering is only 10% off we only took off two dollars oh, I, I hate that like I'll go on it's like the Witcher set seventy up to seventy percent off. I'm like, oh, this I'm about to get the Witcher for the PC, and then it's like Witcher one and two, three cents. Witcher three, forty six dollars. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck you. <laughs> That's exactly um, how it is. Anyway, I was just asking because um, I figured that you only played like a week or two before because you were only in like tier three when I started playing. So then you just kind of jumped back to my level and we went on. But since you do have a little more time investment into this game i want your opinion first on what do you think is in the future of this game like what does the future hold for this game is and um kind of what do you see happening with it well update six seven what update are we on <laughs> i honestly could not tell you the next update is in works but they are changing it so because like all the pre i think it's update six because i think update five is the for some reason that's stuck in my head that's when we joined when drones and stuff was added mm -hmm. update six is more going to be more quality of life changes and before this like every update had a major thing added to it like this one update five was hyper tubes and drones before that was like trains and like there was major things that changed how you played the game. Now they're slowing down a bit so they can put more updates out. And I've watched some of their developer talk and everything and they honestly seem very passionate about this game. Because 
The game is technically in early access still, and they want it to be completed. And that's why they're slowing down on these updates and more changing quality of life changes so they can have it officially be like 1.0 or whatever it is out of early access. And as far as I know, Coffee Stains isn't working on like another game because they're not that big of a company. So even though I'm going to stop you right there for one second. So for those who might be thinking about Coffee Stain and like, hmm, I've heard that name before. They do have a huge game on their hands that I know everyone's heard of, and that is Goat Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's partially a joke. They do they did create Goat Simulator. Um, they so they are a small company, but they do have some bangers on their hands. Like they have Deep Rock Galactic, which from everyone I know who has played it, so absolutely fun. loves the game. Love I've never played it. They also have Valheim under their belt. Um, oh, I forgot they are, actually have Valheim. Yeah. So I would say that they probably are working on Valheim simultaneously with this game. Although more focus might be unsatisfactory, but Valheim probably made them fat stacks of money. Um, they have a few other games, none that I've heard of. They have like Songs of Conquest, Midnight Ghost Hunt, Hunt Down, Sanctum, and a couple others. But decent, I think they're a pretty small company, but I think that that is to their benefit because that means they have passion about these things. So sorry to take a sidebar on that one, but I just want to just wanted to throw that in there to show that I agree that they probably are very passionate about this project. I have a feeling they put more effort in Satisfactory than Milheim because there's still... Oh, for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people waiting for a Valheim updates, so mm-hmm. kind of sucks. Yeah, kind of... Oh. I was just going to say, yeah, they kind of... I feel like they had this 2021 plan for Valheim, and they only hit, like, one or two of their goals. I feel like they're not putting as much love into Valheim as they are into this game, which I'm not upset about. Um, I really like Satisfactory, and I think it definitely needs a lot more commitment with all the behind-the-scenes stuff that goes on. Yeah, I think... So they actually do have quite a fit view on them, but unlike those games, uh, what I was going for is I read a lot of the devs or watched a lot of the devs talk and stuff, and they seem to know exactly what they want because there was even one thing that they're like, here are a few things that are never going to come to Satisfactory. One is okay. combat. It well, Thankfully. Yeah, more like... PvP type. Yeah, or like more hostile aliens. Like there's a few hostiles in here. I mean, it makes sense because you're on an alien planet. There's got to be some kind of like, I guess, life forms there these animal creatures so there is a little bit that you have to worry about but i mean you kill them if you build a factory there i don't think they respawn i'm, I'm not sure how exactly that works if you build on their respawn. i think i think it's permadeath i don't think they often respawn honestly it, i've killed things that i don't think have ever come back yeah exactly so that's one thing that they don't want to add is combat because what they want is a more relaxing build game is exactly Mm. what they want. And so I think because of that, because of their clear objective of what they want, it's just going to take some time to get there. And they now they went back on their updates, these major updates, and now they're doing smaller updates but like I said, more quality of life. They're fixing pre-existing stuff to make it more interesting. They revamped the swamp area so it's not just dead or like barren. There's actually more unique look to it. And so I feel like these people who are working on it really do love what they're working on. And so they get they listen to the community a lot. The community's been really great and i think it there's nothing stopping it from keep going from where it's at because 
They're really responsive on their feedback, and they let you know exactly what's going on, if there's delays, what they're working on. They're very, as far as I've told, been, when I tracked it when I first started, I haven't really paid attention to it for the past few months because I've been occupied with other things. But I think, as far from what I could tell, I think they've been really active in their community to keeping everyone almost as transparent as they can about exactly what state this game is in and how they're continuously working on it. So I think they have a bright future ahead of them. Yeah, I agree. I just looked it up just out of curiosity because we're spewing facts about how they're a small company, and I just wanted to confirm this. Uh, They have only 40 employees, so it seems, and... Nine that are for publishing and 31 for, like, development. And, yeah, so they're very small. And they're still working on Valheim because I do, on Steam, I do still get the news of uh, Valheim updates. Yeah, they definitely are still working on that. So they're spread thin, and they're still doing great things. And, yeah, I definitely see them going in a very good direction with this. I didn't know about their vision and stuff. I don't really follow satisfactory news or coffee stain studio news so that's really good to know i like when a company has a clear and concise path of where they want to go with the game because i feel like that is and the transparency about it because that's what keeps them accountable and that's what kind of keeps the innovation flowing and the actual quality updates flowing because if they don't have a path there's just going to be silly little updates that don't really mean anything to the player. So I think that just is a recipe for success for this game. And I am very happy for that because it is a very enjoyable game. The one thing I will say that it lacks is honestly, it's going to be an audience. I don't think it's ever, even if how great they get this game even if they make it to AAA standards, which I don't think is not within reach for them with how well they've been doing it. But audience-wise, I think this has a bit of a niche audience of who would want to play it. Because even people who like Minecraft, uh, there's the thing that appeals to Minecraft is it has a lot of different playstyles. If you want to be like an RPG and go and fight the monsters and fight the Ender Dragon and do all this stuff, or if you're more of the creative side and just want to build big statues or monoliths and stuff like that, it, it holds a wide variety where Satisfactory doesn't really give you that. It gives you a lot of creative freedom for building a factory. And I think it does appeal to a, a good size audience. I'm not saying it's like a very niche audience, but it's still a niche audience because it only offers you the creativity of building. And that mm-hmm. is good for a lot of people, but not everyone. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just also want to, I keep going back to this company. I looked up the revenue. They actually, I'll save this for the fact at the end of the, because <laughs> it's I like it. So going off a little bit of what I last said, then, do you think the lack of combat is actually good or bad for this game? I think it's good. I so when you were talking about when we were talking about the respawn rate and stuff like that, I googled it. Uh, apparently things respawn every three days and the player has to be within 300 meters away from the creature so for it to respawn. I could honestly do without the fauna in the game. I'm fine with the flora. The flora makes it pretty. It is a key feature of the game for biofuel, for wood, and everything. I like the flora. I'm not a fan of the fauna. I don't really care about fighting. If they had... Okay, if they had passive creatures that didn't attack i would be fine with that like the tall little elephant things the doggo those are yeah those are cool i don't really care to fight in this game because that's not what i'm here for like i get that it adds a little bit of difficulty and adds a little a little bit of obstacles for 
areas that have good resources, but I don't think it's core. It's a core feature enough to actually keep in the game because like we said, the respawn rate is terrible. So once you actually kill the creature and establish a base there, the creature's not coming back. And normally it's like one, maybe two creatures in an area. So it doesn't, excluding spiders who come in packs, it's not important enough for me to actually enjoy it or like it. So I would be fine without any combat. I don't know if you feel the same way. I could more or less... Doesn't really matter to me. I understand why... I do kind of like that there is some because if we just got to an alien planet, I mean, I guess this is more for me for picturing myself, the realism to be in this planet that if there was no hostile creatures, then it would have been a little like, all right, you went to an alien planet and you don't, and there's no hostile creatures. Like how realistic would that be? I know it may seem well, like a f- little detail, to, but... To be fair, we've been to Mars, we've been to Venus, we have are soon going to be sending a probe to the moon Titan. We haven't found any creatures yet, so how is unrealistic is that? <laughs> are those places habitable? No. Exactly. This place is habitable. Listen. That's like going to I... another Earth and being like, oh, there's nothing here that wants to attack me, or there's nothing, there's no ecosystem here. That doesn't seem right. That's something. To be going fair, on. plants and animals are so complex and so different that I would not be surprised if life forms formed in the form of plants only, and f- fauna did not evolve on a planet. I don't think that's out of the question. I think that is a very possible solution to where a planet of purely vegetation is a thing. Where poison from those vegetation might be a thing. Like, I'm fine with the poison gases that keep you out of certain areas until future tiers. I don't think it's really that far-fetched to assume that a planet could evolve without any sort of bipedal or quadrupeds or any sort of predatory animals involved yes that's true but i don't know i guess well, from ex- we're not biologists so <laughs> i guess from an exploration standpoint if like i ran into yeah. no especially if i was going to, into the caves in this game i'm glad they did do that whatever and and wrote throw anthrophobia so arachnophobia arachno- mode I don't, why did i i don't know i knew arachnophobia. there's literally a movie yeah there's literally a movie <laughs> it just it just went my mind just blanked on that but i'm glad there's that that you can change it but i don't know i think because of all the games i've played if i didn't run into anything like when i went in the cave i would have been very suspicious and anxious the entire time whether there were spiders or not because I would have been like, oh, there's got to be something in here. There's got to be something in here. And so at least when they're there, you can kill them. And then you feel safe now because it's like, oh, I killed everything in this area. There shouldn't be any more. Where if there was no monsters, I would be paranoid the entire time. Because I'm like, something's going to come out. Something's going to come out. So part of me, I guess, does like the the occasional combat. But I'm glad it's so pretty much ignorant. So ignorant insignificant (laughs) there you go wow that was a very big difference (laughs) it's so oh my god insignificant combat Mm -hmm. that it doesn't it literally doesn't really affect your game the only like early game if you're just running around trying to explore things or if you're trying to get the alternate recipes there's going to be some creatures uh buy it but that also kind of tells you oh hey something's nearby so mm-hmm. I I do like it that almost every case there's monsters, there's always a cave or something nearby to kind of let you know, like, hey, there's a reason these people are here. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's not a, a hill I'm willing to die on. I'm not going to argue uh, tooth and nail on this one. 
I think they do serve a purpose, and the purpose is very nice in kind of making you aware of the good resources that are there. I just would prefer if they weren't there. Yeah. The creatures. But maybe only because we have ways of detecting resources, at least minerals. But either way, I don't really care that they're there. It's not a critical point of the game to really make me upset about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I said, I could go either way. Like, if they removed it, I wouldn't feel sad about it. But if they if it stays, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. at the very beginning when you only have the zapper, it sucks. But once you upgrade and get your little sword, it's like it, they're pretty much already ignorant. Oh my god, forgot fuck that <laughs> word. <laughs> Insignificant. <Yeah>. Ignant. <laughs> I don't know why I um, keep doing ignorant instead of insignificant. You're just you're shortening it up. <laughs> Um, anyway, since I talked about something that I think would should be removed from the game, what do you think would be nice to be added to this game? So this is a something that's been asked about in the community, and the devs have been kind of on the fence about not adding it. And I think it would be kind of cool to... I still... I don't even know if I'm fully on this idea either to be honest but how do maintenance robots or like robots in general that either not necessarily help you factory because there's really nothing because it's all auto already automated but maybe instead of it being automated you can have robot people so they can build something and then instead of having like cars that transport because there is trailers and stuff but trailers you have to have a specific track and everything but if you just have robots that can just carry it from one place to another if it's just so i feel like that could open up a lot of possibilities and creativity based on these robots but at the same time i i find it hard to like actually practically use them because every time I think about mm-hmm. it, I'm like, there's already like three different ways this can happen in game. So it would, if anything, it would be more cosmetic. So maybe just add it to like the awesome shop. And so, because no one really joined your factory unless you let them, but maybe you can have like robot servants or whatever as a like almost like a prop then so like you could build like a front desk and then you can have a robot sitting there as more of like a prop or like and place them in other places so it just looks like it's an actual factory not just this automated thing that does everything on its own right that would be neat. I do see complications with that because they would have to create an entire pathfinding system for that. Whereas, like, in terms of trains and stuff, there's no pathfinding because it already has a path that you create. So that would be a little difficult in terms of them trying to automate things because they would have to figure out a path from wherever it's taking materials or wherever it's getting materials to wherever it's taking materials. And in a game where you can constantly pick up and put down objects and change things. I feel like that would be very difficult to manage from a programming point of view. Yeah. But it would be neat. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of people have wanted that or like what they call maintenance robots. Cause they're like, Oh, what if there's mm-hmm. like durability on like walls and stuff? Because they wanted, I think that'd be awful. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what they said. And they're like, but then people are like, oh, you can just get maintenance robots that are fix it automatically. But then exactly what you said about the whole pathing and all this stuff, they would have to figure that out. Because one thing I thought was cool would have been weather. And because that would be very it's cool. very they already have a very diverse world honestly with even like the small map that it is well it's not exactly that small but like there's already different like biomes and stuff and i thought it would be cool if like if you're in the desert if sandstorms came 
and like they could take out your power if it's not under roof or like it can just temporarily shut things mm. down and you'd have to that would be cool fix it and i think i forget i think it got brought up in that de- devlog and there was like i forget why i don't i forget why maybe it was like a coding thing but like a lot of people like a lot of the ideas people were saying they're like we just physically cannot do it because of the coding it would we would have to like recode everything and that's just not in our forte and like the whole the durability thing about like the walls and stuff uh that's one of the things because that would take away of their relaxing chill atmosphere Mm -hmm. that they wanted and that's another thing when i brought up with the future of this game how i think it's going in the right direction is because they do have like a clear cut and like things that they won't add and they're very on the fence of not adding but i think the weather thing i think would be cool because if anything it would only block like visibility if they don't want it to damage anything just feel visibility of the player outside of their factory so like in the dune desert if sandstorms come if you're outside you can hardly see shit but it doesn't affect like your factory or anything like that just affects visibility i think that would be fine and I think it would just be mm-hmm. cool as another aspect to this already like beautiful world they have to just add in like rain or snow. And I could see it getting annoying because like even in Minecraft it gets annoying every now and then. So a lot of these things I can see both sides. Yeah, yeah. I think my main thing that I think would be cool for them to add. It's a very simplest simplistic so right now as far as i'm aware there's only land vehicles that you can drive it'd be cool if there was like a helicopter type thing that you could take from base to base like i know there's drones i don't know if there's any that can be player ridden i just think that'd be a cool addition people have tried and you can ride it as it goes up but then as soon as it once it moves yeah you uh you fall off yeah i think it'd be cool to have like uh that's an um like a VTOL, um, vertical takeoff vehicle, like a helicopter type thing that you just have a landing pad. You can take off vertically and then you can just, whew, Yeah, maybe and... they do have like the hover pad or whatever to like fly around. But that's more for like building and you mm. like need fuel. But I think because they already have drones, I think it would be easy just to make like a one man vehicle or up to four. Because I think yeah. four is the max without mods make a vehicle that as long as you put fuel in it it has like a set course just like the drone it's pretty much exactly like drones except instead of taking resources it takes the player from point a to point b yeah i think that'd be cool it's just easy to manage bases that are further away so say you have a train station really far away and you're like how's that area doing like should i upgrade it should i do this should i do that it's just a quick way to get there can't you ride in trains you can. I don't know how fast trains yeah. go. But I think it would definitely, like, at least for long distance, because that, you actually reminded me, one of the devlogs, I forget what his response was, but people were like, oh, they wanted, like, teleporters. And so you could build it in one area and then just go, boink, teleport, and there. They're like, it should be relatively simple to code because you're just going from point A to point B, and, like, there's no in-between. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things they said was it was, like, too futuristic. It didn't fit in with, yeah, like, I kinda got that. the rest of what they wanted. They said it's it's not a definite no, but it didn't fit with the theme of what they already have going, I think is what they... Yeah, I kind of... That was my thought when you said teleporter. I'm like, it, it kind of defeats the purpose of being building things by hand and this and that, like... Yeah, that I don't know. I, they had a reason of why they wanted it too, because they're like, we want you to explore, we want you to like use the entirety of the map. They want you to not be in one single location. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget exactly, but I think like a transport vehicle, just like the drones, wouldn't be bad because it's exactly like drones. It takes you. You still have to, and I think. If anything, that would be kind of cool because, like, 
if you made your factory on the drone path, you can kind of like look at your creation from mm-hmm. the sky view and be like, oh, look at this. And it's not like a helicopter where they hit the program it to fly course if it falls all this like correction stuff literally obviously i I don't know programming so i don't know how easy this (laughs) is but like just like drones but instead of materials do the player and have it uh, exactly like that have a helipad that's like oh where do you want to go and you have to put oh this helipad can only go to this helipad yeah yeah i don't know how their game code is set up, but I think all the pieces are there because they have a vehicle already that you can ride, which is that dune buggy. And then they have the drones, which fly. So you just kind of have to take bits and pieces of that and kind of assemble it together. I think they have everything they need to be able to do it. Yeah. That, I could definitely, that's definitely one thing I would like to see is a air transport player, a player transport air vehicle. So we already had the dune buggy. We had the train. We had the, tractor if you really want to use that <laughs> but no air beside i mean the drones are very new so but i think that pretty much covers our opinions on the game if you guys want more in depth about it of like our experience and how we like figure stuff out and like actually go into the mathematical stuff of it let us know i'm sure we could easily do that for you guys i still have a notebook of one of our huh. factories that we are currently building right now so there's that. <laughs> and to leave you guys off with our question of the day i want to hear you what would you guys like to be added to it if you guys have played and if you guys haven't played this would you guys does this seem like a guy a game you'd want to try based on what we said why or why not yeah i hope we did this game justice honestly there's a lot of things that i mean like every game it has its flaws but I think that there is a lot of fun and powerful things you can do with this game. So I hope you guys enjoyed this and hopefully give it a chance because I've enjoyed it thoroughly, at least. We both have. So I'm going to leave you guys with some facts. So um, first one is revenue. I kind of teased it when I almost brought it up earlier. So apparently for 2022... Uh, Coffee Stain Studios, their revenue was 657 million krona, which is the Swedish currency, and that is equivalent to $64 million US. So that's a pretty big chunk of change that a company of 39 people are making. And uh, another fact is supposedly there is a food court on top of the space elevator so if somehow you're able to make it up there some of the employees in the <laughs> company have said there is a food court and you can walk around on it there's even some concept art for it it's pretty crudely drawn so that might have been something the concept artist just whipped up real quick just to troll everyone but if you can figure out a way to get up there let us know if it's actually there and then the n- last fact is on the hub during the freighter launch, uh, supposedly you can stand on top of this freighter as it's being launched and you'll be slingshotted to a very high altitude from which you are actually able to see the entire map. Although death and game crashes have been reported from doing this. So if you want a way to check to see if there's a food court on top <laughs> of the space elevator, maybe s- turn on God mode if that's a Thing, and if there's a cheat console command and maybe try to launch yourself onto the space elevator and see if there's a food court or if you in case the game crashes if you can figure out a way to get on it within the first couple tiers to like launch you up you can test it then so if it does crash you don't lose that much time and investment yeah. and one last 
thing I want to mention that's good about this game is there's actually a very pretty, well, pretty active mod community as well. And there's a lot of mods from being able to fly everywhere. I think there's probably like a god mode mod to adding additional things like farming to make the game even harder or more rich with however you see it. So that's another thing that has this game going for us. So it's a very creative based game. Yeah. There's honestly, this game can be played for hun probably hundreds of hours if you really wanted to. I have, I think like a yeah. hundred hours in it and I'm still at tier four. That checks out. Honestly, I am uh, 35 hours into it, but still, I have a long way to go. But that'll be it for this episode. So don't forget to show some love and support. Patreon.com slash Weepspawn. And of course, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Weepspawn. And you can contact us at Weepspawn at gmail.com. I've been your host, Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we Weepspawn.